Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is a very special episode. One, because my guest today is Ezra Firestone, the legend himself, arguably the most interesting man in all of e-commerce. And today, he's sharing with us his seven top growth tips for e-commerce. This episode is straight fire. Now, it's also special because... I originally recorded this episode for a brand new podcast miniseries that we just launched called Spicy Curry, Hot Takes on E-Commerce and Digital Marketing. Don't worry, E-Commerce Evolution is not going anywhere, but Spicy Curry is a new complement to this podcast. It's season-based. It's a miniseries. Season one just launched. It's eight episodes, and it features, of course, Ezra Firestone, uh, but also Mickey Agarwal of Tushy and Thinks, a multi-nine-figure e-commerce brand owner. It also features Molly Pittman and Nick Shackelford and Justin Brooke and some other absolute all-stars that you don't want to miss. So I am publishing this episode and a couple others on both e-commerce evolution and Spicy Curry. But to get all of season one of Spicy Curry, you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Audible or wherever you like to consume your podcast. And hey, don't forget to leave a review on e-commerce evolution and also on Spicy Curry. So with that, please enjoy my interview with Ezra Firestone. Are you a D2C brand spending over six figures a month on paid media? If so, then listen up. My agency, OMG Commerce, and I have worked with some of the top e-commerce brands over the years, including Boom, Native, Groove, Monin, Organifi, and dozens more. And every year, we audit hundreds of Google, YouTube, and Amazon ad accounts. And we always find either significant opportunities for growth or wasted ad spend to cut or both. For example... Are you missing YouTube ads? Whatever you're spending on Top of Funnel Facebook, you should be able to spend 30 to 50% of that or more on YouTube with similar returns. So if you're spending 300 to 400,000 a month on Facebook, you should be able to easily spend 100 to 150,000 or more on YouTube. Visit omgcommerce.com to request a free strategy session or visit our resource page and get some of our free guides loaded with some of our best strategies for YouTube ads, Google Shopping, Amazon DSP, and more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com. All right, I am absolutely stoked out of my mind for this next guest and personal friend of mine. Uh, we do some work together. Uh, I always count it a joy when I get to talk to this guest. And so to have this uninterrupted time to dive in deep on strategies, it's going to be amazing. And I'm glad you get to listen in. And so, you know, if I look at, man, if you need tactics, if you need strategies, if you need help for how to take your e-commerce business to the next level, and if you need to get a little bit spicy, uh, you need Ezra Firestone, right? And so today, I've got the man, the myth, the legend. He's flexing if you're watching the video. Got Ezra Firestone on the call. We're going to talk about eight top strategies to just blow up your business this year in a good way. Uh, this year, we're probably only, we may not get all, to all eight. We'll see how it goes. But with that intro, Ezra, what's up, man? How you doing? And, and welcome to the show. 
Brett the Fury Curry. I'm fresh out of the cold plunge, dog. One minute, 30 seconds, 32 degrees. My whole body is red. I'm shivering. I'm shaking. We're podcasting. Happy to be here, man. It's Thanks. hilarious. We, you hopped on the call and I was like, oh no, something's wrong with Ezra. Like he just doesn't look right. It's like, well, you just got out of a, a 32 degree bathtub. Of course, your body's in shock. Uh, but I, I appreciate taking the time to do this. And uh, sure. man, it's just always, yeah. always fun to chat. So, um, yeah, man. And I, you know, just watching your journey, I see you, I seen you come up in the game, you know, from back in the day when, when, when you had an SEO agency, you know, yeah. from way back. And I, I don't even know if it was 2008, 2009, it was a long time ago, Tony 10, whatever it was. Um, and then to watch you, you know, rise to be one of the most prominent um, voices in the e commerce world and also to have a top, you know, 2% um, advertising agency. Maybe you guys are top 1% at this point. I mean, you run all of our stuff. So it's been fun to watch your journey and just happy to be on, on the uh, podcast. Dude, thanks. It's, it's been so fun to grow. I, I credit you and your community with a lot of that growth. Just in your approach to having fun and doing what's right and being extremely successful. And kind of that, that blend is awesome. Your, your motto, for those that don't know, is serve the world unselfishly and profit. And actually, before we get into tactics and strategies for this year, and there's some amazing ones, can you talk a little bit about that for those that are that are new to the world of Ezra Firestone? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a description. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a description, not a statement. It's how I have seen things work. That when you are in a role of service, unselfishly with the goal of serving, you do profit by very by the very nature of serving. And it may not be monetarily, maybe it's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically, but you know, my goal is to serve. And in every area, I think there's I find joy in the act of service. I think um I think there's a lot of of value and fun and enjoyment and good. And also in business, if you can truly serve a community, you will be profitable. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just a, a description of how it goes. And also it's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to serve the world unselfishly and also profit. I wanna take care of my family. I wanna take care of my community. I wanna put resource towards causes in the world that I find noble. And I need fucking money to do that, right? Exactly. Um, and the way I'm going to get that money is by helping a group of people out with solutions to problems they have. Um, yeah, I love that. If you look at like what is leadership, you know, what does it mean to lead a company or to be a CEO? It, it, it's really servant, serving, right? Serving your team more than like commanding and dictating. Hundred percent. And how do you take care? How do you build a brand? How do you build a business? It's serving a community. It's serving the needs and meeting the needs of, of buyers. And so, yeah, I, just, I love it. Um, so it's really yeah, and then, you know, just because you're serving a group doesn't mean you can't sell them stuff. Exactly. Selling them people, stuff because is Because people want to buy stuff, right? They, they want to have those yeah. needs met. And uh, retail therapy is a thing, too. So some of the one of the greatest acts of service you can do is sell a Yo, good tell product you what, dude, to the right person. You and I both know that this last six months have been the most um, uh, intense and stressful on the personal side of my life uh, with some health problems of some family members. Um, and... I done fucking discovered stress shopping, bro. I had never done that. <laughs> I'm not a guy who buys shit that I just don't need or want. Like I'm, I'm willing to buy things. I have a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. I didn't come from money. I have now, I now have more money than basically everyone that I know. And I'm not against 
purchasing things, but I usually purchase things that I really like. I'll buy a nice espresso machine or I'll buy a nice Which I've had espresso from that espresso machine and you pull a mean shot of espresso, my yeah, friend. I will, I will spend money happily on things that uh, are enjoyable and that I will use, but I don't just buy shit frivolously until now, dude. <laughs> I bought like six pairs of the same Chelsea boots and I turned around and I was like, what? I have lost my mind, dude. This is <laughs> fresh shot. this? I think one yeah. time I was on a call with you and you just recently bought like a samurai sword or something. I don't think it was actually a samurai sword, but it was some kind of a sword. A katana. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a Japanese katana. It was, um, I use it to chop wood uh, for my sweat lodge. Uh, so that was actually a useful tool. It's, it's, inter it's good for chopping kindling. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Super fun. So, so people are buying right now, right? The, the economy's pretty hot and, and certainly there are some issues too, but people are buying stuff. So let's, let's dive in. You recently wrote a blog post, which I'm going to link to, so you can see this in the show notes, uh, talking about eight top growth strategies. And, and first of all, for those that don't know the journey, talk about Boom by Cindy Joseph and how it's grown. Because you guys Out are from the to do bottom, about 40 million here. this year, right? Out of from the bottom, not a whole team. I mean, not, yeah. um, so I started this brand in 2010. Took me to 2014 to make my first million dollar in year a year, a year in total revenue. Uh, by 2016, I was doing 17 million. Uh, this last year, I did 42. This year, I think I'll do like 47. Uh, top line revenue at about a 25% EBITDA margin, so maybe making six or seven million a year in profit Amazing. on that. Amazing. Uh, I got about 30 employees at that company. Um, I also own Zipify Apps, about a $10 million a year software company. Um, also a couple million bucks in profit on that, maybe about 60 employees there. And I just bought a company called Overtone Color, uh, which has about 20 team members. It'll do about 25, 30 million this year. And I got Smart Marketer too. And I'm just a guy, you know, I, I have no, I didn't go to college. Um, I have no special skills other than that I'm good, good, a good communicator and I'm willing to um Put my put my foot down and do the work and and ask for help when I need it and you know I think my story shows that like if I'm a complete failure in the eyes of the school system they they labeled me a dumb kid and someone who was not going to be successful and I think for anybody who doesn't fit into the mold who maybe is dyslexic or maybe has some reason why the general society is telling them that they can't be successful, you know, the internet opens up an opportunity for us and there's skills that we can develop, advertising, direct response marketing, landing page optimization, copywriting, product development, you know, podcasting, social media that can support us in taking care of our families, you know, and I didn't come from resource and so I wanted to create that and I've been able to and I've been doing it now for 17 years. I got pretty fucking good at it. I made every mistake you could make. I didn't pay my taxes. I did all the stupid shit you can do. But I did it when I was younger and earlier in my... And I didn't have podcasts like yours to learn from. I had a bunch of creepy dudes on an internet forum who were <laughs> chilling, fucking yeah. gambling and and porn. That was like yeah. when I got into the Online game. Online marketing was a bit of a dark place back in the... You didn't want to say you were an internet marketer. No, no. It that was not good. prestigious. No one looked at that highly. Sure. So yeah, so I've been doing it a long time now. I'm really good at it. And I've been talking about it since about 2011. I, I was one of the first people to start blogging about e-commerce. And by, by the very nature of being one of the first, I became popular. Not that I was anything special than anyone else, but I, but I was the first to do it. And so I got real popular. And, and I've stayed in that space of documenting my journey. And I got a bunch of people who think it's cool and follow what I do. And I'm pretty good at it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've been able to successfully train and educate and bring up in the game thousands and thousands of internet entrepreneurs over the years. You being one of them who I've impacted, um, not that I did anything for you other than show you what I was doing, but, um, you know, 
Um, yeah. So yeah, so I like talking about this stuff. It's been it's been amazing to to watch that progression as well, and and getting to see kind of behind the scenes, seeing you operate with your team. I've been to your house and I've hung out with kind of the inner circle of Smart Marketer and Boom, and of course we were on calls and our agency serves you and stuff. So I've seen you in a lot of different capacities, and uh, man, you, you're the same leader behind the scenes as you are on stage. Uh, you care about people uh, on stage or one-on-one. -on -one. You're extremely smart and strategic and you get marketing and you understand human nature and you take massive action, like all kinds of stuff we can break down. Uh, and so it's been really fun to to observe that and get kind of the front row seat of that as well. You can also do a cool poker trip, poker chip trick. Is that right? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Right. <laughs> oh, we Hold on, Dan. That was not cool. We got to try this I again. So if you're on. listening, just take my word for it. It's ah, a great poker right. chip. Great my hands are frozen. <laughs> Do my hands not are frozen. We should probably get into tactics. People are going to be like, people are going to be like, enough of this bullshit, dude. You should talk about some tactics. We should talk exactly. about there some strategies. So uh, let's dive in. You know, one thing that, that we've seen you guys operate on, we're, we're running this on, on YouTube for you, but you're buying more email leads. So talk about that. So this is, this is top strategy number one, buying more email leads. What does that dude, look like and why? Nobody is talking about email. Everybody's like SMS, video ads, this and that. Well, guess what has always been since I've been in the game about 25 to 40% of my business. Literally since 05, dude, emails. Email. I've done been sending motherfucking emails since 2005. And it is to this day, it'll be 36% of Boom's total revenue this year. Crazy. Email, no email touches 36% of all purchases uh, through Boom. Yeah, it's either, it's, it's, it's last click, dude. Yep. It's last click for 36% of my purchases. Awesome. So, so why would I not be putting so much energy in growing that list? Nobody does it. Everybody just runs top of funnel, video ads, conversion ads, and they hope that when somebody comes to their website, their on-site pop-up or their card abandonment or their exit intent are going to capture the email lead for them. Great, do that. But also, you know what I'm doing? Gated content. I'm doing giveaways. I'm doing... Um, all kinds of different straight up lead generation campaigns. One of my best ones is we use these things called pre-sell articles, which are basically articles that are, you know, story-based, like, you know, five makeup tips for older women or seven makeup tips for women who wear glasses or, um, you know, how to, how to overcome uh, perfectionism in your 50s or whatever kind of content that our community is interested in that leads back to our products. And we use those in our email autoresponders. We run ads to them. We um, mail them to our email list. We use them everywhere at every stage of the sales process. What we also do is we gate them. So we put an opt-in in front of it and it says, hey, enter email address here to get our five makeup tips for women over 50. We run ads to that with the objective, a conversion objective for the lead event. The lead event fires on the thank you page. They enter their email address, gets where they get dropped on the same pre-sell that I'm running at the top of the funnel. But now we have their email lead and we put them on a on an automation sequence to warm them up and try to sell them. And if they don't buy, we put them on our bucket list. I also run giveaways every six weeks. And um, basically those are my two main top of funnel lead gen strategies is gated content and giveaways, but I'll do Facebook Lives and I'll do other things as well. But if you just do gated content and giveaways, you should spend about five to 10% of your total marketing budget on email lead generation. Because some people take a little longer to warm up than others. So if you're only running conversion ads, 
you're going to miss out on growing your audience in a way um, that could be beneficial for you. Yeah, I love this so much. And it's something that, that we've, we've observed you doing and something we're talking about now with, with other clients where that e if you can grow that email list and if you're properly running email marketing, you're going to be able to convert that at a, at a really high rate. And so gated content, so information people want and or giveaways, great ways to, to drive that list. And I was looking through some of your, your notes here. Uh, looks like over the last 12 months, you spent about 200,000 buying email leads that have then generated 750,000 in sales. So about a 375, 375% return on ad spend. That's not bad. Right? And that's, that's with not excluding like, anybody who was already on the list before, dude. What's that? That's with excluding anyone who was already on the list. Yeah. So those are new leads. Just strictly new leads. So that really changes the game because you could be looking at those campaigns and thinking, well, I just drove an email sign up. I didn't make a sale there, so it's not really worth a whole lot. But then you've got to look at that whole picture. What did, what do those email subscribers do for you over the next six to twelve months? And in your case, it's a three point seven five x ROAS, which is amazing. Pretty sweet. Very I mean, cool. not that everyone's going to have that result, but it's worth doing still, nonetheless. Exactly. So, all right, awesome. So, strategy number one: buy more email leads. I'm sold on that idea. Idea number two: launch new products. So talk about how Boom is approaching launching new products. So, you know, to have a successful e-commerce business, you have to um, get your repeat customer rate up. Ideally, over 30% of total revenue comes from repeat customers, people who bought from you once before. Um, the best way to do that is to sell them more of what they already bought, if it's consumable, or to introduce new items that uh, they might want from you. And the way to do that, it, it, and by the way, you know, if somebody knows you, likes you, trusts you, you're putting out content, you're engaging them, uh, you've delivered a good product, they're going to probably want to buy whatever else you have to offer if it's tangentially related to what they bought in the first place. So what we do is we send a, a customer survey every six months to our 2X buyers and we, and we give them a bunch of stuff like, you know, what do you think about if we were going to add more colors, what colors do you want? Do you, you know, if, 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 we, you could, if we could mable, if you could wave a magic wand, what products would you have us create? We, just, we have like a, 20 question survey. We say, you know, hey, five people who take this survey are going to win a $100 gift certificate to the store. We get a couple thousand responses. Based on that, we figure out what products to make next that based on the desire of our community. As an example, 50% of people wanted a mascara, 46% of people wanted a, a lip gloss, and 53% uh, of people wanted an additional color of boomstick. We released all three of those products last year based on that information. They were our three best product launches ever. Yeah. Uh, we just released the boomstick color last week. We sold 15,000 units in 18 hours. Whoa. 650 wait, wait, grand wait, 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 in revenue wait, wait, wait. Say, in 18 Say that hours. again? You sold what? We sold 15,000 units in 18 hours. Dude, we sold out <laughs> 650 grand in 18 yeah. hours. Now, of course, I've got a mature company, but the point is that this process gets better over time. So when you're developing a new product, you're doing it in um, desire to your past customers, uh, in relationship to their desire. And you have component, for us, you have componentry, formulation, and secondary packaging. So componentry is like, what is the component that it's going to go in? Well, the boomstick, we already have that. That's great. We reuse the component we already have. The formula is... You know, um, what what is it going to be? Why is it going to be that way? What are the benchmarks other brands are doing that we want to meet? We go through a bunch of iterations. We send it out to our best customers to test. It takes us about six months to a year to develop a formula. And then our secondary packaging is what is the box? What's the ride-alongs? What are the inserts? We get all that together. We run a photo shoot for it. And then we do an early bird. Hey, you know, hey, we're going to launch this new product. This is what it is. You know, get excited, sign up for it to hear about it first. And then what happens is, 
as they're signing up and as they're posting on social about it on the thread, we're finding out what they want to know. They're asking, is it hypoallergenic? Um, and we're like, oh shit, we don't have hypoallergenic on the sales page. It is hypoallergenic. So we add that to the sales page. You know, the questions they ask, they become the FAQs that we put on the, so we, we use the pre-launch as a way to build out the marketing material, build out the FAQ, build out the sales page. And then we launch it, run ads to it, um, do emails to it. And then it becomes part of our ongoing marketing, put it in bundles and, and, you can do this too with products you already have. So you can reformulate them to make them better than they already are. Based on feedback, you can change the componentry or packaging, make it more sustainable. You can bundle it with other items to make a kit. So you can kind of like, um, you know, renew and make better products you already have and relaunch them as well as introducing new items. But for us, we are aiming to introduce four new items a year, um, which is once a quarter, which is hard quarter. to do. It's hard to do when you're making them all from scratch. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's a huge, huge part of the business. Uh, so, yeah, it's really important to uh, continually make your products better. Also fairly risky, too, right, to launch a new product. Will it go well? Will it not go well? But the approach you're taking, it really eliminates a lot of the risk. You know that if you deliver a good product, which you guys do, you know how to, you know how to do that, you're delivering exactly what someone has requested. And exactly yeah, and they also then wants. can become new top-of-funnel sales processes. Yeah. So we can run top of funnel ads now. And so, so, you know, for like, for our mascara, I mean, that's our second best seller of all time. And we can run it at the top of the funnel because everybody's interested in the mascara. And we didn't have yeah. one before. So we couldn't run ads yeah. for it at the top of the funnel. So, so we, were, we were missing a, a, a customer acquisition funnel there that we were able to add to the business. Love it. And, and so then this actually directly ties into it. So this, this is uh, strategy number three. Uh, create more front-end offers, right? So, so talk about that and kind of how that's evolved for Boom, more front-end offers. I think that's a, a mature business strategy. You know, for Boom, we did 10 years where we had one front-end offer, which was yeah. our Boomstick, Boomstick. Trio. Yeah. And, um, you know, all of our social proof, all of our sales funnel optimization, all of our pre-sales, all of our video ads, all of our email sequences, everything was about that front end offer. Just make that as deep as possible. Have re-marketing assets for it, loyalty assets for it. Just really work on that and scale that. And that's a lot easier to go deep rather than wide. And a lot of people have a thousand SKUs and they can't do that. You know, they've got, like with this product, this brand I bought, Overtone, I got a hundred SKUs. So it's hard for me to have one front end funnel. But but for for low SKU e-commerce, it's easy. You just pick, pick whatever your widest and best seller is and most relevant seller is and just focus on that. But once you scale that, now you got to start introducing new front-end offers. There's only so many people who are interested in a multi-purpose blush stick. Right. So some people aren't interested in blush, uh, but they're interested in mascara or lip gloss or brow gel or whatever. So we've now introduced a bunch of a bunch more products to the... Um, you're right, my voice is kind of frozen. It's <laughs> you're, funny. You're good, dude. Hey, you're, so, you're bringing the fire, even though I'm, I'm feeling cold <clears throat> for you. I usually have such a rich, deep voice, man. Um, <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, it gives us the ability to have more uh, fish hooks in the sea. Yeah, love it, love it. Let's uh, let's go on to the next one, and this is related to number one, but uh, this is now strategy number four. And by the way, another front end funnel is one of those lead gen funnels too. Even if it's leading to the yes. same product, it's a new top of funnel way of getting people in the mix. That's yep. a new funnel. It doesn't have to be a new product. Totally, and and so looking at that, and, and what we've observed. You know, working with Boom, working with other successful brands is that a lot of them have, you know, one to three really successful top-end funnels that they just push hard on almost forever. Uh, and then with, with some tweaking and changing, and then you've got all your back-end stuff as well. So 
uh, yeah, really, really good. So let's talk then about strategy number four, growing your SMS subscribers. So diving into text-based marketing. So tips or suggestions you would give there for growing that list and, and utilizing uh, SMS? I mean, the 80-20 the of SMS is this. Have the collection at checkout where you're collecting people uh, who check out from you, who click the little box to be collected, um, and have a two-step opt-in. First, get the email. Second, incentivize for the SMS. So they come to your site. You say, hey, get 10% off entering your email address. They enter it. Hey, by the way, do you want an extra 5%? Give us your SMS. Clavio lets you do this. Postscript lets you do this. Attentive lets you do this, et cetera. Those are your two main ways to collect. And that's 85, 90% of the value. You can do other shit to collect, but it's not worth it. Just do that. And then, you know, when you send an abandoned card email and they don't open after 18 hours, slide a text in there via Clavio. So, so, so connect it to your uh, email logic. And is that usually your, the way you do it where you'll, where you'll email first and then if there's no response there, then always. you text? Yeah, because SMS is more expensive. So okay. we'll use it as a, uh, and you can only do this if you're using Clavio because it, it talks to it. You know, you can't have attentive in Clavio because they don't talk to each other. Um, so if you're using Clavio, Clavio is a little more expensive for SMS, but if you're doing it the way I do it, it doesn't matter because you're only using it as a, you know, um, you're using it as a way to capture the people who aren't responding to email. Um, instead of just blasting them with both and spending the money for that. Uh, so, you know, if they don't respond to the card email, we'll slide an SMS. If they, if we do go purse purchase email, they don't cross sell, we'll slide an SMS. And then once a week, you broadcast your bucket list with sort of a piece of content or a sale. That's it. That's all you need to do. Have an opt-in pre-purchase, have an opt-in at checkout, use it in your automation sequences, do one broadcast a week, your solid potato salad, you have 85% of the value you can get from SMS. Yeah, really, really go beyond that. It's just going to be tiny little gains, and, and potentially it's not worth it. It's, it's, not, it's worth not worth it. it. Not worth the effort. You know, just spend your, spend your energy acquiring more customers. Yeah, totally. And so those those weekly broadcasts on SMS, are you doing a, a mix of promotions? So, so those and will be content? content. Our best piece of content from the week will drop via the SMS, and then if we're running a sale that week, we won't send content. We'll we'll send about the sale. And your best piece of content pulling from the way Boom is doing it is it's based on your blog. Is that right? So you're writing blogs. We uh, send three pieces of content to our list every yeah. week. Uh, you know, maybe it's a long form article. Maybe it's a user generated content video. Maybe it's, you know, um, a, a recap from a Facebook Live we did, whatever. We're sending content every week, at least three pieces, long form written articles, videos, user generated content. Like we've got a whole social media content engagement system. And so whatever worked the best that week will drop to the SMS list. Nice. So you're, you're um, emailing that week, content initially. So yeah, we're emailing, emailing that. We're posting it to the blog. We're posting it out to social. We're amplifying it. We're doing the whole system. Uh, and then the best shit we drop to the list, which links over to the blog. We drop to the SMS list. And then every six weeks, we're running a product launch or a sale. And then so that sixth week will be a, a, a promotion via Got SMS. And, and, and how are you, anything you can say about response rates, metrics, like how is SMS working in comparison to email? I know, I know it's just designed to be a complement to email, uh, but, but anything you can say about, about stats? Yeah, I mean, SMS gets better response rates, but you have smaller lists, yeah. and uh, it's easier to get, um, you get way more unsubscribes. Uh, and you got to so be really careful about spam-related stuff. That's people get yeah, pretty I mean, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot you got to worry about with that. But, uh, you know... Um, Basically, it works really well, and you should use it as a complement. 
and not instead of, and you should, you know, do what I'm talking about, which is basically 80, 20 it. Not really standalone. You're not going to just be like, hey, SMS is my strategy. Some brands do, some brands do, but I think uh, if you ignore email, what are you, what are we doing? Right. For most people, it's just a beautiful compliment and and a way to really increase the effectiveness of email, but it is, it is a compliment. Uh, awesome. So now we're going to move into strategy number five. I actually love this one. I love all of them. This is all, this is all gold. But uh, this is something that was kind of an aha moment for me. I first heard about a strategy like this. It was maybe Dan Kennedy back in the day, maybe Jay Abraham. I go way back, man, like looking at marketing stuff. But uh, you're talking about inventing a holiday, right? So um, there's this idea that people need a reason why. They need a reason why I should buy now. They need a reason why your product is better. And sometimes an invented holiday is a great reason why you should buy now. So, so talk about invented holidays and talk about what you're doing at Boom. Um, so excuses to communicate are important. And um, we take everyone we can. We communicate on Earth Day. We communicate on Animal Friendly Day. We communicate on National Dog Day because um, people... Uh, like that kind of shit. They do. People like and it. Everybody has a dog, and everybody likes the earth, and so on and so forth. And we do too. And so we uh, are always doing emails like that, like, "Hey, it's Earth Day, and you know what? We care a lot about sustainability, and these are our most sustainable products for these reasons, or whatever." Um, and so we're constantly mailing on using the fake or created holidays as a reason to communicate on social and on email. And so we made up our own. We made Pro Age Month. We are the first people to say pro-age. Now it's a commonly known thing. Now you've got a million knockoff brands. Well, we spent $40 million over six years popularizing the concept of pro-age back in 2010. And now it's like a, um, now Allure is stealing it. And it's like, we, we have penetrated the mainstream with this. We've entered the zeitgeist with this concept. And, and so now it's a thing. And so we want to claim ownership of that because we do own it. We, or you don't ever own an idea, but we sure. we uh, created that movement. And so we created Pro Age Month, and the month of August is Pro Age Month. And we tell Pro Age stories, and we've got a logo for it. And we 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 are claiming our rights to the Pro Age movement, the Pro Age revolution that we started in 2010. And a good way to do that was to. Uh, create a holiday around it. Create a holiday, create a month. And people love that. And it's such a great conversation starter and connection point. And, and if you think about one of the big components of building a brand is just building that connection and that community. And sometimes odd or unusual holidays do that. And inventing your own holiday, I think it's brilliant. I think more people should look at it. And I think a lot of brands lend themselves well. Maybe it's not pro-age for you, but, but and Ezra already owns that anyway, so, so back off, really, seriously. I mean, uh, you, whatever, you can say pro-age <laughs> if you believe in that. What yeah. I find is most people say pro-age and they don't actually know what it means, right, which right, is hilarious. Yeah. They'll be like, pro-age, this or that, and then they'll have like anti-aging yeah, but cover your gray and no, no more wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've yeah. missed the con. You've missed the point here. Yeah, yeah. But inventing a holiday, pure gold. I love it. Anybody can do it, uh, and so highly recommend that as well. So we're we're getting tight on time. So we're gonna have to maybe move rapid fire through some of these, or just save some of them for the blog. But uh, number six is list products on Amazon. What are you guys doing yeah. there for your brands? Talk I about mean, that a little bit. Amazon will make up 20 to 30% of a good brand's sales. And you're going to miss those customers if you're not over there. And Some people only buy on Amazon. That's just it. I mean, yeah. And, and, and so, and we waited 10 years to put our products on Amazon because we could fill the demand that we had with 
with that our supply chain could barely fill the demand we had from direct to consumer. But once we beefed up our supply chain um, and we realized that you know, adding to Amazon wasn't going to cannibalize our direct-to-consumer platform. We added our main product on there, and it just crushed. It just added 10 to 15% of incremental sales. Yeah. So now we're adding every one of our products once every two months onto Amazon. You guys are running all of our ads over there, doing all of our A-plus lists. You guys base, we, all we do is do the customer support and uh, create the assets for the for the page. You guys literally do everything else. You run all the ads, you optimize all the pages, you handle all the se uh, seller support. You do fucking everything for us. So it's great for us because it's a channel that really works that we don't really have the expertise for that you just do for us. I mean, we pay you for it, but I'm probably not what you should get paid because I think you give us a deal. But We do, um, we do. But, this, but it, uh, gladly, we gladly give you that deal for sure. Yeah, so it's, it's been really good for us. It's been, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been fun to, to execute on, on our end for sure. And one thing we noticed with you, we noticed this with, with native deodorant as well, client and friends, and we, we don't run their Amazon, but we, we observe, we run their Google and, and YouTube, is that, you know, there's, there's some expectation that when you launch on Amazon, there's going to be some cannibalization of your, your store's sales. And, and certainly that happens some, but this has been mostly incremental growth for you guys, right? 100% incremental. There's been no cannibalization whatsoever, yeah. uh, which is crazy because I was sure there was going to be. Um, we sell it at the same price and, uh, you know, some people just like to buy over there. And I think what was happening was a lot of people were seeing our ads on Facebook, going to buy on Amazon, yeah. not finding it, and then buying knockoff Find brands. something else. Just, buy knockoff. We only yeah, buy we, on Amazon. <laughs> we experienced that. We experienced that. That'd be a topic for another podcast. The copycats and the people that were really leeching oh off of your brand name. On Amazon, nightmare. but yeah, nightmare for sure, for sure. But we're we're getting there. So, uh, yeah, big big believer in Amazon. And what's interesting to me, and this this is where Boom and Overtone are set up perfectly for Amazon, is that success on Amazon in the long term, and I think even right now, is based on building a brand, right? So taking the the community building aspect, the brand building aspect that you're doing off Amazon, and do that on Amazon. That's where you see long term success. It's not just uh, you know, hacking the titles and the keywords and the bullet points to try to, to, to inflate your ranking or using super URLs or some other strategy to, to, uh, to hack your ranking, but building a real brand. And that's what you guys are good at. And that's what we're helping you with. And, and it's working. It's working on Amazon right now. So uh, let's talk, and this will probably be our, our final concept for the podcast. And I'll push the final one, people to go check out uh, on the blog post. But, but the, the, the seventh strategy for growth is advertising on television. TV? What? Come on now. So what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on TV? And this has been fun to watch too, but uh, what are your thoughts um, on advertising on television? I think it's really only for very, very, very mature brands because the minimum that you need to do it is like 350 grand minimum, just a test. And that's a month or two, two month test. And... Uh, you also have to produce television quality right. ads. Now we were able to use um, user generated content. We, we spent 50 grand on a TV commercial produced by a fancy agency and it flopped all crazy. And then we made our own ad based on UGC that we had and we crushed. So we're much better direct response advertisers than these TV agencies, it turns out, which we should have known because we've been fucking running direct response ads for 15 years. Like makes sense. We would know what would work versus what they produced. Um, even though what they produced, it was it was a whole... We could talk about that another time. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, um, 
It's hard to tell how successful TV has been for us. We spent about half a million dollars over the course of six months, and I think incrementally it has been successful, but we're having Northbeam, yeah. which is a company you hooked us shout, up with. Shout out to Northbeam. Awesome. In the, we in just the turned it off, and it looks like sales are down 15K a day since we turned off TV. Um, we'll see. I think TV is... Uh, great for omni-channel presence. If you're spending three, four, five hundred k a month on on social media ads, you should add in TV at 15 percent of your budget as to 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 reach more people and reach the people that you're reaching on social in a different area. Um, and for us, we just turned it off to see how it's going to impact whether we run it or not. And so um, we're still trying to figure out the attribution on it and and how well it's working. But our sense is that it worked pretty well. Yeah, and then that's that's a great way to test it, right? Turn it off, see what the impact is there. And and it also helps tremendously to have a tool like Northbeam third-party attribution, brilliant stuff, check it out. And and we're seeing some similar things. So first of all, I, I got my start in TV radio print. So I, I still really like TV. I'm still involved in like local TV just a little bit with, with a friend of mine. Uh, but I, I love this strategy. I think it is for bigger brands. But yeah, if you're spending multi-six figures, on, on Facebook ads, YouTube ads, and then TV, maybe something that, that you check out. But along a similar vein, we're testing now, we tested with, with, with Boom and with a few other clients, creating some awareness, we call it awareness layer YouTube campaigns. And again, you kind of need something like Northbeam in place to really see the impact of this. But the idea there is as well, we're just going for low cost engagement, low cost views. We're seeing CPMs for some of these awareness level YouTube campaigns at like six bucks, five bucks, which is crazy low. But there's there's something to be said, and this is like marketing 101, old school stuff, right? If you talk to the right people enough times with a with a right message, so right message, right market, right media, uh, you're going to get results. And so, obviously, you got to be ready for it with budget, and you have to have the tracking in place to really make good use of it. But I love that you guys are testing TV, and I also well, love yeah. the fact that. It wasn't the super duper polished stuff that worked. It was what we do, right? The UGC stuff yeah. that really. That it was UGC. And we started doing <clears throat> video view advertising on Facebook when face when iOS 14.5 happened because yeah. Facebook lost all its data. So we started running video view campaigns to all the audiences that we used to run conversion campaigns to to let Facebook build up some data of the people who watched most of our videos. And then we would follow up with those people and run conversion ads to them. And now we're doing that with YouTube as well. Uh, and I think that strategy post iOS 14.5 on both networks where you spend, you know, a thousand bucks a day at our scale running video views or maybe 10% of your overall spend is a great strategy. We're doing that overtone too. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that this has been amazing, Ezra. So that's seven of the eight tips. Hey, to get that eighth tip, check out the show notes. Go check out Ezra's blog, smartmarketer.com, and get that final one. But Ezra, as people are listening, I, I know we I'm got cold, some super man, fans. I'm cold, man. I'm cold. That's what's cold. going you, on. You need to go warm up, dude. Get your robe, get your blanket. Go sit by the fire or something like that. But um, for those that are listening and thinking, I need more Ezra Firestone in my life, how can they connect with you? Where should they learn more about I'm, you? I'm on What's Instagram at Ezra Firestone. I'm on Twitter at Ezra Firestone. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash meet Ezra. I'm on smartmarketer.com, uh, which is a blog that I have. Um, I'm on zipify.com, which are my apps for Shopify. But you can find me on social media. I'm on YouTube, on all the social media networks. Whatever ones you use, I'm there. You can Google me on there or search me on there. Um, 
And yeah, thanks for hanging out. Hope it's been some kind of helpful. Appreciate you, Brett. I love that you're between two ferns over there. (laughs) (laughs) Which that's that's a hilarious show. (laughs) And you're not the first person to say that. They're like, dude, are you between two ferns? Are you Zach Galifianakis? Or what what, what are you doing? Uh, I'm a little more like courteous to my guests and a little more on topic. But that that show is hilarious. Uh, but but another another plug that I'll make here as I'm sitting between two ferns is do check out Smart Marketer. Uh, Molly Pittman, John Grimshaw running that with Ezra's leadership. Ezra started it. But some amazing resources there. Train my traffic person. So if you got in, in-house uh, media buyers, you need to send them through train my traffic person. You get to learn from me too. I'm just I'm a I'm a faculty member there teaching YouTube and teaching Google, but check that out. Smartmarketer.com. Highly, highly recommend it. Thanks, y'all. Ezra, appreciate it, brother. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, see you next time. Talk soon. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.